0: Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury, inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Ah, welcome on in everybody. It is Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you as the next hour we will dive all over the world of mixed martial arts, boxing, and now bare knuckle fighting. I was at BKFC 10 yesterday at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. Um, it was uh, it was really it was it was a good time. We had uh, we had the president uh, David Feldman in here on Friday uh, before the show, and I was curious. I was genuinely curious. Ha- haven't been to uh, haven't been to a bare knuckle fight before, and it was the first time that I've been down here in South Florida. You know, the stuff is getting legalized kind of by the week it's been it's one of the things where it started in wyoming then it was in mississippi you know we've talked to dada 5000 about this where you know he was doing his cards in wyoming and now it's uh it's starting to branch out you had one in tampa recently the paulie malignaggi artem lobov card and now we're in a position where we're now here in south florida so uh you were going there last night it was it was a fun time you know shout out to them they gave me uh, really good seats right inside the ring um and it was just it was it was a real treat there was a couple things that that really stood out about bare knuckle um that 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 stood out as far as how the show goes on first of all it's an amazing crowd uh i'll say that there was a ton of people there they 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 packed the place at the fort Lauderdale beach convention center so a a fantastic crowd there south Florida really showed out continues to show out basically every time there's a combat sporting event um people want to go they want to be part of the show and so they did a great job. They, they really they really packed the place. Um, the second thing that really stood out with Bare Knuckle was I was really taken aback by how big the ring was. Like They, they, they refer to it as the squared circle. And I, was, I, I, I walk in there, and the first thing I notice is like, damn, that thing is huge. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting more of a, uh, a confined area. To keep guys in plain, for plain sight for contact.
1: What happened to the the Trigon?
0: Well, that's coming up in a couple weeks. That's going to be a of Five Thousands card. He's got the he's got the Trigon, and I actually am curious going to that show how much that's going to to lead to confrontation and fewer decisions. Because here's the way the kind of the, the night stood out. Um, the pace the pace of their of their card bare knuckle fighting it was it was rapid. It was bang 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 it was great. Uh, they had like one prelim fight as the as the crowd was kind of weaving its way in at like 8.30, you know, just so everybody wasn't bored. Second round knockout. Then, the, the card starts at like 9.15 right as the broadcast kicks off because it's a pay-per-view card, so it's being broadcast all over the world. And it was first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout. And there's like no dead time. As soon as these guys get out of the ring, as soon as you know, their whole crew ends up out of the ring. Boom. On to the next fight. So it was it was a really, really quick pace. And that was something that I really, really enjoyed. Because one of the things that I do you know, one of the things that, that is a bit of a downer when you go to these fights, and it's 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 a slight downer, but it is it is it is a downer nonetheless. You go to these fights sometimes and there is so much dead time between bouts. Especially when you get from, you know, the undercard to then there's a a whole shebang for them to get to the main card and then there's a main event and all that stuff. And you know, this one it was it was fight after fight after fight after fight after fight. And I told I told David Feldman, I said, Man, you, the pace of your event was just so fantastic. It was it was really great. Um you know, as far as the brutality of it, you know, that was a big thing everybody was wondering about how you know, how brutal is bare knuckle. It's not it's not overwhelmingly brutal. But I did see, uh, you know, Datwin went out there and he knocked out uh, Abedal, uh Velasquez. I thought the dude was dead. I really did. He hit him. He hit him with a shot right across the face. And I, I when I tell you, he face-planted right away. Blood's coming out of his face. Uh, they're trying to stabilize his neck. It was a really scary sight, you know, being... Uh, being right, right at the ri- right at ringside for it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was truly horrifying. But I will say this: I've been to mixed martial arts events too, where I've seen a guy get flatlined. I saw Jason Soares do that to somebody at Titan FC, and the guy was out cold, and they had to bring out the oxygen to wake him up. I've been to boxing matches where I've seen a dude starched, and they've had to bring the oxygen to wake him up. So, though it was very scary, and maybe there was a little bit more blood. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't overwhelmingly gruesome. And I think to, uh, to what he was telling me, he's like, listen, these guys don't really, they can't go for broke on their shots. Like they can in mixed martial arts. And, you know, thus it, uh, you know, you're going to have less concussions. Uh, guys are worried about breaking their hands, breaking their fists. Um, so yeah, it wasn't overwhelmingly brutal as, as maybe some people were expecting while you were there. I know I was told like, Oh, wait till you. Wait till you uh, you hear what it's like when you're there. It's like yeah, it was, it was it was it was an experience, but it wasn't it wasn't like anything. I I wasn't shook by it. You know, be, being a guy who's taken in a lot of combat sports, um, it was still entertaining. It was it was fast paced. It was entertaining. It was nonstop. Um, as far as the main events concerned, so Hector Lombard he took it on he took on uh, David Mundell, uh, the Redneck that was his name. Uh, Hector Lombard comes out there with a beautiful Ric Flair purple robe, he's got the purple trunks on. Looks looks fantastic. You know, he's making uh when we spoke to him, we broke I mean, he broke the news to us that the that the, the car was going to be down here in February and that he was going to be headlining. And a lot of people there supporting Hector. Um didn't, you know, the the main event wasn't fantastic I would think to what they're looking for in Bare Knuckle. Because I talked to some people who have been around the sport more, and they thought that Mundell even won the fight, and I was like, "I don't know what you're watching." I saw that Hector Lombard won that won that fight four rounds to one, and I remember this. I remember this distinctly watching the Artem Lobov Paulie Malinagi card that there was a lot of controversy with the decision, with Artem Lobov getting his hand raised, and I remember coming on the show and saying, "Well, I don't know what we're looking for in this sport. I don't know what in bare knuckle are we looking for." As it comes to scoring, you know, are we looking for straight up confrontation? How much should be rewarded for pressure? Uh, because you're trying to engage confrontation. Mind you, listen, David, uh, very nice guy. This is a guy that walked into his squared circle and told his fighters that you don't, you know, you don't engage. You don't get paid. Uh, went viral. Everybody thought he was a monster and all this stuff. But it, it is it, it to me, this is a sport that should reward engagement more than anything. And fighting off your back foot and using your jab, like, I- I'm sorry. That's not, I thought that's not what we're here for. This isn't a boxing match. This is a bare knuckle, a bare knuckle fight. Um, so from my standpoint, I thought Hector Lombard clearly won that fight. The judges had a 49-46, which is what I had, and had 48-47 on two cards. I thought that he clearly won. Um... But, you know, I think if you're a boxing guy, maybe you give Mundell a little bit more respect. I just thought that Hector clearly won. But we didn't see the the savage Bellator up in your face. We saw that a little bit. We got a, a hint of it. it, actually. Even got a couple shots after the bell, too, from Hector Lombard. So uh, he ends up getting a win. I'm sure that he's going to be fighting Joe Riggs. I think that's what they're, they're planning to do soon. And, um, you know, and that's the other thing, too. I was telling guys, you know, I've seen Hector, I've seen every one of Hector's fights. Basically, in the UFC, I saw the tail end of his Bellator career. You know, Hector is a dynamic knockout artist. He is. He has, he has, you know, there was a reason they called him Lightning for so long. The guy has, is. he, he actually has, like, this dynamic punching power. But, he is almost in the ilk of a Leota Machida, where it's like, every once in a while, you might get, a, get yourself a stinker from Hector because... He's really trying to perfect in time that money shot. And so every once in a while you look for fireworks and you get a done in the batch. That's all that is. So I didn't think it was a done of a fight. I thought it was a fine fight. It definitely wasn't best fight of the night by any means. Um, but it was, a, it was, it was, I thought a fine debut for Hector, um, considering it's a, this is the other thing too with bare knuckle. Um, and 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 I was having a lot of debates with this. My uh, my buddy Peter Kahn took me to the uh, to the fights, and and he's he's super into bare knuckle. Like this is he thinks this is going to be the next big thing, and and he's a visionary guy. So, uh, you know, him and I were just having the debate, and I asked David about this on Friday. And uh, the one thing that I wonder about bare knuckle and, and is is I think going to be interesting for what they blow up to in the future is. Who who are going to be the first who are gonna be the homegrown stars of bare knuckle? Like whose first avenue is gonna be like, I wanna get into bare knuckle? And, you know, we were going back and forth. He's like, well, you know, people said that about the UFC and they look at all these gyms that are all over the place. And it's like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, a lot of these people who do this, they're coming from an amateur rank of wrestling. There's a natural feeding pool. There's a natural feeding pool of people who took karate, taekwondo, jujitsu. A lot of people who get into UFC they have some type of base that was the feeding tube into them becoming mixed martial artists. You know, rare are the Rory McDonalds or the Aaron Picos who trained everything getting into the sport. That's just that's just starting to happen. Um how do you how do you get people to say, "Yeah, my first avenue I want to be is is bare knuckle." And I'm not saying that it can't be big and I think if like you know, there's. Uh, I saw Shannon Briggs saying that he wanted to. Uh, he called out Rico Rodriguez, and you know, if that were to happen, you know, a guy like Shannon Briggs, I think that brings a lot of energy and excitement. What I this is what I threw out yesterday, and and I because I was wondering because I saw Anthony Rumble Johnson rolling around the arena, and you know, Rumble Johnson's big dude now. This light heavyweight's that that's nonsense. He ain't a light heavyweight anymore. And what I said, uh, I, I asked, I was like, Hey, is he ever going to fight bare knuckle? Like, is this ever going to be a thing? And, you know, I I didn't get a straight yes, but I didn't get a straight no either. So what I said was, well, listen, you want to blow the roof off the place, Shannon the Cannon Briggs versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. There you go. That's going to be the biggest fight in bare-knuckle history, and then you can put some people under that. That'll make it the biggest damn thing ever. Um, But that's just me throwing it out there. But getting back to the homegrown thing, it's like, this is just a couple of things you could definitely tell that the sports in its infancy because you have a lot of guys who are coming in there they're feeling a lot of things out um especially as the fight I think you know the guys who have the experience um and, and they were almost a little bit more reserved you could tell the guys who had the little experience in the in the early goings of the fight those are the guys who are making mistakes and they were getting put out early but once you got into the experience guys um, the the Jay Mailers versus Caleb Harris, Luis Palomino versus Elvin Brito. These these fights, I think, uh, led to, you know, just just a little bit more going. Guys were a little bit more uh, easy. They, they were a bit more in shape to take shots. They knew how to take shots. They knew how to deliver offense a little bit more. So I think it made for a more competitive fight. But, um, you know, I, I still think I'm wondering, what I, when I came out of last night, I was like, all right, who's good at this, you know? that was like the big thing like cuz when i go to a when i go to a mixed martial arts event and it could be a regional show it could be a ufc event it could be you know watching it on your couch watching it live you can tell oh that guy has star potential you know that guy can be great at this this guy that is a guy i want to watch the next time same thing with boxing i think we go to a lot of these events and i and i go and i watch these people and i'm like oh that guy's a star he's going to be something i want to watch that guy again he just stands out and I can say after watching last night, other than the the, the horrific knockout that Dat Nguyen put on uh, uh, on Velasquez, other than that, I was like, well, who's good at this? Who who are the guys that I'm like, oh, I got to tune into that guy next time and see him. And I didn't know if I got that. I loved the whole experience of it. I loved the pace of the event. Um, it was fun. We got to see some homegrown guys. Yuli Diaz was on the card. Yuli Diaz, who we had in the studio, he is uh, – you know he's now hit for the cycle almost in in combat sports boxing MMA you know jiu-jitsu and now bare knuckle this was uh, this is my conversation with Yuli afterwards as Yuli Diaz uh, Miami guy uh, he is uh, he was looking to kind of complete the cycle of combat sports and uh, here's what he had to say afterwards.
2: We're here with Yuli the Mosquitos, Miami Zone. Congratulations, man! Thank a you so bare much. knuckle debut, first round knockout. Did it go as planned?
1: It went. It went as planned. A little. It took a little longer than expected, but it went as planned. The
2: guy was. Uh, it looked like he was. Did he know he was in a wrestling match? What the hell was going on? Uh, I don't know what them? he was
1: going on, but you know, I, it happens a lot when they feel that power. They want to try to wrestle me.
2: Yeah. What was? They forget what they're doing. <laughs> what was this atmosphere like for you, man? This is a new a new format. Man, this is the debut of it here in South Florida. What did you think of it?
1: But you know what? It was it was amazing. It was an honor to fight here tonight. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't know. Uh, until I got in the ring and started fighting, I don't know what happened. I, I, just, I blank out and, I, and you know, I, I just focus on what I got to do.
2: We've, uh, we've seen you now get wins in boxing, mixed martial arts. Now, bare knuckle, you've done jiu-jitsu. You've been like the renaissance man of combat sports down here in South Florida. Are you going to pick a lane? Do you want to continue doing this whole route of, of,
1: of hopping all over the place? I'm going to continue on the route I'm on. I'm doing everything. I like hopping all over the place. Um, I don't like to be married to anything. I love all combat sports. I love fighting. And uh, like I said, it's just an honor to be able to be doing this in front of my people.
2: Was there a particular uh, person was it, that you uh, you enjoyed getting to see afterwards after after it was all over, getting the victory for yourself?
1: Man, these guys right here. My son, my nephew, my boys, man. You know, I got my kids, my, 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 gro- my, my grown son and my daughters here too. It's amazing to be able to do this with them, you know? It's amazing. And what, is it, what does it mean getting
2: to these wins in, in Miami? You got to be on a, a international showcase today, BKFC, worldwide. What did that mean to you?
1: Bro, you know, I was thinking about that earlier. It's like a dream come true, man. I'm, on a, I'm fighting on a card with Hector Lombard, Jim Aylers, or with Baboon Palomino, it's on pay-per-view. I, I don't even know what to tell you, man. It hasn't even hit me, to tell you <laughs> the truth. It's so amazing. Well, it's amazing watching, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love you guys. Thank you for always putting me on, man. I thank you. Absolutely.
2: Yes, you, are the monster, Diaz, getting his first win in bare knuckles. Ah! To the first of many.
0: Very intense afterwards. So shout out to you. Good for him getting the win.
1: Wow, he scared me there.
0: He scared you there? Yeah, I was oh, not I'm expecting I thought you weren't that. expecting that. Uh, So he gets himself a win. His fight was weird, though. Like, this dude he was fighting, like, he was literally trying to tackle him the entire time. I didn't understand what he was doing. It was like, this, why is he doing that? Uh, and so he ended up getting hit in the temple. He drops down to the canvas and then it was just counted out so it was a very odd fight for yuli uh not on his end his opponent he had an opponent I feel like who didn't really want to dance that's 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 the that's the that's the hint that I got watching that so yeah overall look it was a very very fun night I had a great time at bare knuckle fighting championship uh I'm looking forward to seeing uh dada 5000 who I saw last night he was there the the whole uh, that was cool to see like the the the, the bare knuckle kind of community coming together, um, because it was funny, you know, like uh, you know I was talking to P- Peter, was like, oh, you know, uh, David Feldman, he's the godfather of uh, of of bare knuckle. I'm like, eh, listen, he's you know he's doing big things and and they've made some international headlines. These these boys down here, they're the godfathers of of bare knuckle. Okay, the 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 Dadas, the Kimbos, the Dogfight people, like that is that's the grassroots of it, man. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they got going on with uh, with that show over at the Hard Rock. I think that's going to be a fun, fun showcase for sure, absolutely. But it was good. Look, I, I tell you guys this all the time. When it comes to to me in combat sports, I'm not above anything. I will, I will give, I will give a run to anything in combat sports, and usually have a good time. And that's what I had. I had an amazing time last night. The pace was fun, great atmosphere. Uh, I'm definitely into watching the next card for sure uh i've heard i've heard rumors that they're going to be coming down here again pretty soon uh bare knuckle uh, fight Championship is going to be coming down here pretty soon i know that uh that uh that brawl for it all is coming up in two weeks at the hard rock so you'll get your fill of bare knuckle down here for sure definitely gonna get it all right when we come back got a huge boxing max ne- uh, bo- a boxing match next week i don't know if you guys have heard the heavyweight championship of the world is on the line deontay wilder tyson fury we'll talk about it next It's Fighters Fury on AM 790, The Ticket. All
2: right, welcome back, everybody.
0: Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. Tobin here with you. So we got ourselves what I like to call in the fight business, a biggin' coming up next week. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, the WBC and Tyson Fury's mind, the li- the lineal heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, these two are going to square off after their epic, epic first fight, which, you know, left for a lot of controversy. A lot of people were pissed off about this, that it was a it, it was a draw. I, I honestly felt it was one of the most appropriate things that could possibly happen in a boxing match for a couple reasons. One, um, yes, Tyson Fury did the outboxing. He was also he was also nearly knocked dead. And I think you could have gone over those first few rounds and found a couple of for Deontay Wilder. I don't think they were dominant, uh, dominant performances from Tyson Fury. Honestly, like some of the uh, some of the stuff we were seeing from Luis Ortiz was more clear cut against Deontay Wilder than it was than Tyson Fury was in their matchup. So these guys are going to square off again. Uh, it's 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 a complete clash of styles. I can't wait for it and. The thing that's going to be exciting about this is you're you're going through all of this in 12 rounds, and it feels like you're waiting uh, for a bomb to go off. That's, that's what it's like when you watch a Deontay Wilder fight. You're just waiting for the guy to go in there, hit you with that right hand, and night-night, it's over. Um, he put down Tyson Fury twice in the past fight and came very close to knocking him out. And you know, a lot of people come back and they say, well, Tyson Fury came back and won the rest of the round. No, no, no. Listen to me right now. There's no such thing as winning the rest of the round after that, okay? You got knocked dead. There's no such thing as winning the, the rest of the round. Oh, you know, I've heard Tyson Fury, should have been scored even. No. No, it shouldn't have. Did I see him get knocked out and have to do The Undertaker? No, I didn't. So, no, it shouldn't have been scored even, Tyson Fury. I don't, I, 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 don't, I, don't, uh, I don't sign up for that. Sorry. Now, look. This fight is is very interesting from a couple of standpoints. One, Tyson Fury is coming off a performance where he suffered a gnarly cut. I don't know if you guys saw Tyson Fury's last fight, but he basically did it with his face falling off. And if it wasn't for anybody, if it wasn't anybody else fighting that fight, a doctor would have stopped it. But they know what they have to do. If it's caused by a punch and they call the fight, that's that they, that. That's a loss. So they couldn't have that on Tyson Fury's resume. And so they ended up letting him scrap through it. He ended up getting himself a win. And now we're in this situation where we have these two facing each other yet again. Deontay Wilder's coming off a performance against Luis Ortiz where, look, he went in there. He got outboxed for six straight rounds. And then the seventh round came and it was over. Knocked him dead. Right on the forehead. You know I love Luis Ortiz. That's that's our guy, King Kong. But it felt like when when you saw what happened in that fight against Luis Ortiz, it felt like Deontay Wilder was setting up for that the whole time. You know, that's the thing that's interesting. And you guys will you guys will get a hint on where I'm leaning in this fight. I'm not I'm not trying to hide it. Um I be I'm such a monster Deontay Wilder fan as the years have gone on, just because you know, I, I think I feel like I was a, like a lot of these people who are just like, "Ah, what what boxing skill does he have? He's just a right hand. he's just he's just going in there, swinging telephone poles. But one of the things we get lost upon as as boxing fans is you get so caught up in people's ability to quote unquote box that you do forget that there are multiple ways to go win a fight. And if you look over his resume, 42 wins all right no defeats one draw 41 knockouts okay and was half a second from being another 40 second knockout with one draw that draw being his 42nd knockout with 43 wins it was a half a second away a half a second away a lot of people, the way that Tyson Fury fell, I saw guys fall last night the way Tyson Fury did in that fight. Ref would have just waved it off immediately. So I just think that people have to give Deontay Wilder a little bit more credit for the way he goes about going to win fights. And and, and I think we just gotta be comfortable with that. Because you're gonna if you're gonna go into every one of these Deontay Wilder fights, and even saying he goes out and loses, okay? Let's say the guy goes out and he loses a decision to Tyson Fury and he loses something like 10-2 to 2 on the scorecards. You know, Tyson Fury does his Gypsy King dance, Peppers him, does the whole jab thing, you know, like it's it's like Tyson Fury. It uh it's like Shannon Briggs says. Let's G- He says the Gypsy King. What does he do? He does pitter pat. He goes and does that. Look, I'm not saying it's not an amazing skill set. A guy of that size to go and do that stuff. It's great and it it's fun to watch. Is it more fun than watching a dude hit you with a nuclear bomb in his right hand? Not for me. Not for me. Maybe that makes me uh you know maybe that makes me a Neanderthal. I don't know. But I look I go into this fight, and I and I think we got to give Deontay Wilder a 43-fight career with 41 knockouts with, with being half a second away from his 42nd knockout, don't we have to give that guy a little bit more credit for knowing how to go win a fight the way he should go win a fight? Don't we? Because if we're going to go this entire time, if you're waiting for Deontay Wilder at 34 years old for him to pick up some boxing skill set, you know, where he's going to be jabbing and moving, jabbing and moving, sticking and moving, it's not coming, man. That's not how he goes and wins. But I respect it. I like the fact that the guy goes out there and he tries to win his way. So all these people are just like, well, Tyson Fury's going to go and he's going to go box his socks off. He's now got more intel. Well, let's think about this. You're talking about a guy of, of who in this fight has the smaller margin for error. OK, and a lot of people go and they say, well, obviously, it's Deontay Wilder. He's looking for the knockout. Well, does he? Does he have the smaller margin for error? Because I would say the guy who has the old eraser in his right hand, the guy who has the ability to wipe away mistakes, I would say he has the greater margin for error. If anything, Tyson Fury is the guy that's got to be perfect. He's got to be the guy who's got to pitch a shutout, who's got to go in there. Because I got to tell you, you know, if 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 Deontay's able to put any kind of you know aggression or put a shot on him or put anything that that looks like damage on him. I don't feel like Tyson's gonna get those rounds. I think it's the dancing, the elusiveness, the sticking and moving. I think that is the stuff that you get caught up in. But he's got to do it for twelve rounds. I'm not saying that he can't. You know, he was he was champ for a while. He took the belt away from, from Vladimir Klitschko that way. Now bored you to death watching it, it was a terrible fight. I don't you know, I don't know if anybody watched Tyson Fury win the heavyweight championship from Vladimir Klitschko. One of the worst things you'll ever watch in combat sports. It was a horrible fight. Horrible fight. Uh, Deontay Wilder, that's why you've got to give a guy like that credit. You know, think about a guy like Vladimir Klitschko, right? This guy reigned over the division for ten years. Ten years reigned over the heavyweight division. Yeah, had his trials and tribulations where he got knocked out by Corey Sanders and had some had some had some brutal losses. But ultimately, that dude had a death grip on the heavyweight division for a long, long time. Held it hostage in Germany, where he's selling out arenas in, in the middle of Europe. Um, he, over tw- over 12 rounds, was baffled by Tyson Fury. Didn't know what to do. Couldn't let go. Just, just couldn't, couldn't do anything to go defend his championship. And Deontay Wilder, while he dealt with a lot of those things, he never let it discourage him that he was going to lose that title to Tyson Fury. Never. Never. In the 12th round, put his ass down. And he needed the touch of God to wake him up from that slumber that Deontay Wilder put him in. And a lot of people forget that he put him down early in that fight also. That it wasn't the only time. He put him down twice in that fight. So you're telling me that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are going to go into this. And you're trying to tell me that Deontay Wilder, for the first time in his career, taking on a taller opponent, a 6'9 Tyson Fury, which is a big deal to me. You're going in there. And you're taking on a guy who's much bigger than you. Most of the time you're you're punching down on people. Uh you're 6'6. You're normally fighting 6'4 guys, 6'2 guys, things like that. And now you get this experience where you have to punch up and you have to fix your trajectory and you have to find your range. To me, the guy if you're gonna tell me who is gonna take more out of the last fight and apply it to this fight, I'm gonna go with Deontay Wilder, because I feel like the lessons he learned were so much more important than the lessons that Tyson Fury learned. Because to me, Tyson Fury is almost going into this with a level of disrespect. You know, he's going into this thinking, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to outbox him. This guy's, the, the you know, this this boom, you know, in my level, boom. You know, all this all this stuff that Tyson Fury throws out there. He thinks that he's going in there and he's gonna he's going to have this easy fight on his hands. And a lot of the times when you disrespect guys and you think you have an easy fight in your hands, it's going to leave you open for mistakes. It's going to leave you open for mistakes. And look, think of what you want about Dominic Brazil and Luis Ortiz, about their age, about their how good they are. All I know is Deontay Wilder, the two fights after he took on Tyson Fury, he left them, laid to the waste. Laid to waste. This was not a question. This was not a, this was not a challenge. This was waiting for his opportunity, and as soon as he took it, blam, knocked him out. And so now you're telling me that a guy who always finds your chin with his right hand, always, every single fight he goes into that ring, he finds the opponent's chin. This is going to be the fight where he doesn't, a guy that he just shared 12 rounds with, now he has more experience against Tyson Fury, more experience against his, his movement, more experience against his range, his size, all of that stuff, all those tendencies, now you think that's that's going to mean nothing? No sale for me. So I think I think Deontay Wilder is going to put him out. I really do. I thought this since the moment that fight ended. I thought when those guys fight again, Deontay Wilder is going to finish the job. I really believe that. I thought that he was going to get him the first time. And I said he's taking on a guy for the first time that's going to be bigger with him, and I thought it was going to be a late stoppage. That end, that didn't end up being the case, but this time around, now that he has all of that experience in his, in 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 his mind of what it took that last time he fought Tyson Fury, I, I just think that this is going to be. I think that this is going to be somewhere in the mid round, seven, eight, boom. He's going to hit that shot, and Tyson Fury ain't getting up this time. Reason I don't think he's getting up this time either is we can't forget how how small Deontay Wilder is, and I say that relatively small. Deontay Wilder was for that fight, two hundred nine pounds, sick, you know, losing a ton of weight. A, a more full strength Deontay Wilder, with uh, with the with the 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 thunderous Thor power that he already has, with a with a little bit more muscle, with a little bit more regular strength that he normally has in fights. Nah, man, I don't think Tyson Fury is getting up for that. And Tyson Fury's is coming out here and goes, oh, see, second round no, girl, no. Nah, nah. I, I just don't buy it. That's just, that's just gamesmanship. You're telling me Fury is going to try and go engage and go for the knockout? I just don't buy it. You think he's going to catch him with something? I don't buy it. That's not his game. It's, not, it's never been his game. His game is mind games. He'll try and talk you into some stuff, but no sale on that. We're back after this.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
3: Podcast, all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
0: it's fighters fury on am 790 the ticket welcome back everybody Toby here with you on fighters fury hope everybody's having a good Sunday it looks like it's pouring outside Turned around is a damn monsoon going on out the windows. I think it's Aaron Gordon's tears shedding over South Florida. Crybaby. We got four fifties in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Hey, Aaron Gordon. Just just hey, maybe, and this is just me talk. Why don't we slow down on Chance the Rapper? Right, what is he out there for? Every bit? Is it Chance the Rapper in the dunk contest? Maybe throw Chance the Rapper and make him dunk. I don't know. I get it. You could jump over Chance the Rapper.
1: Chance the Rapper is like Zazzle's height.
0: That's what that's what Andre Godala said. He said that he's he's 5'2". What am I supposed to be? Like the first dunk out of the gate, uh, d- uh, DJJ's dumping over Bam. I'm like, and you're coming at me with Chance the Rapper? Uh, no, no. And also, you took a piggyback ride on Taco Fall. That's it. I don't want to hear it.
2: Oh, you should have two
0: trophies. Eh, go win one then. It wasn't even better than that white guy's dunk over Giannis. Oh, that white guy's dunk was so hard over Giannis he know, was the doing the, board. the tap off the backboard. It That's was, a 50. That was a 50. That was, that was very impressive. The best dunk was, was, uh, was DJJ throwing it off the backboard, jumping over a dude. That was crazy. Um, yeah, Aaron Gordon, enough already. Your, your, your last dunk uh, contest against uh, against Zach Levine, that was a robbery. The, that rocked the baby under uh, over the mascot. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a dunk cooler than that. That
1: was amazing. The one with the mascots on the Segway. Yeah, like that was amazing.
0: I mean, but but enough with Chance the Rapper. I get it. You know, might as well just have a... Just have a pedestal out there. I don't even know if I love the cameos very much, to be honest with you. I get it. People can jump over people. I like, you know, let's let's. I miss the days of jumping over props, like when Blake Griffin jumped over a car. Jump over some fire. Let's do something like that. Let's get crazy. Derek Jones Jr. I mean, I'm almost I'm almost a little wor- worried about Derek Jones Jr. He may try and up his game a little bit too much because he's gonna come in with a with a with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. But anyway, shout out to D Wade by the way for getting the system. I love you, buddy. Anyway, last night you had UFC fight night. You had uh, Corey Anderson against Jan Blakovich. He was. Uh, this is a big fight in regards to the light heavyweight division. John Jones was ringside, so that was a big deal. Uh, and Blakovich ended up knocking Corey Anderson out uh, at 3.08 of the first round. Big shot right on Corey Anderson's chin. Followed it up with one shot before Herb Dean could get right there uh, to stop it. But. Uh, big win for Jan Blakovich. I, I think it's going to be interesting of what they do with this light heavyweight division um, because of this. Like I know John Jones came out this week and he was given the whole you know his breakdown of why he should have won the fight. This is always my this is always my opinion of fighters. You know, do what you want, guys. All right, but I always feel like if you got to give me a manifesto about why you won the fight, you had a feeling in your mind. I didn't clearly win that fight you know it's one of those things where guys know when they got away with one all right and i'm not saying these fights aren't hard or they're not razor thin and all that stuff but when john jones has to come out with four paragraphs about why he beat dominic reyes even he didn't feel like he clearly beat dominic reyes because normally footage speaks for itself you know they tell me all the time that you all hear that all the time with fighters where fighters will be like ah watch it with the volume down man the The broadcast was way was way biased on what happened. Like, nah, they probably weren't, they probably weren't. But it's okay. Look, it was a close fight. Um, it wasn't. it, It was one of these things where it was a close fight. I thought Dominic Reyes. I tell you this, I don't watch fights over and over again. It's just not. It's not. It's not the way I usually like going about watching fights. I usually like going fresh. What's in my mind that night, all the type of feelings that you're having, all that type of stuff. I feel like that stuff matters. Um. So, when I have a fight where I'm just like, "Yeah, I gotta see it over," and I watched, I watched that fight probably like three, four times. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Dominic Reyes should probably be walking around with the light heavyweight championship of the world right now, and I think when John has an explanation like that, you know, he probably thinks that he got away with one too. That's why he's got to explain it so much. And I think it'll actually make for a better build up when these guys uh, go and fight again. So. I do think this is one of the rare cases where, even if the challenger gets the short end of the stick, I don't think there's a fight to make it light heavyweight right now, other than John Jones versus Dominic Grace. I really don't. So Yablukovich, great, great win by him. That's awesome. Um, but you can't sell me on he's fighting John Jones next for the title when I just saw John Jones not win the title i feel like i just watched him walk he walked out of the arena with the belt but i don't feel like he won the title that night you know what i mean or kept his title so if he's gonna stay in this division i think he should fight dominic reyes now if he wants to leave and go to heavyweight i want that to be next because look john jones has nothing left to prove to me this is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time all right mighty mouse all that stuff it's a cute story no mighty mouse is great John Jones is the best, and he's beaten legends. He's won over eras. He's done all there is to do at light heavyweight, all right? To me, the one thing as a mixed martial arts fan we've been waiting forever is, see, what can this monstrosity do with the big boys, all right? What can this guy do? And honestly, I think he's going to work. That's what I think is going to happen. I think he's a specimen. I think he's got the range. I think he's a he's way more skilled than a lot of these people up at heavyweight. You know, people want to say, oh, well, what about the knockout artist? Yeah, I guess if he gets in there with Francis Ngannou and, and Ngannou can land one on him, that's going to be bad news for him. But show me, the, show me the big shots that John has taken in his life. They're not many. He's as close to Floyd Mayweather as it gets in the sport. Not a lot of people hit him clean. It doesn't happen very much. And when you do, they haven't rocked him. There's not really been a time. There's not been many times in John's life where you're like, "Whoa, buddy is in danger." There's been fights where he's been back on the scorecards, Alexander Gustafsson, and this fight with Dominic Reyes. There's been those moments, but man, the most danger Don John's been in his career probably when Vitor Belfort locked in an armbar and and was cinched in there, juiced out of the gills. <laughs> Maybe both of them were. I don't know, but either way, we know Vitor was. I mean, that's probably the closest danger he's been into losing in the midst of, wow, that was, that was, we almost lost, saw John lose in an instant. Normally, it's like, oh, maybe this is close on the scorecards. I shouldn't even say normally. It's not normally. The rare occasions that we think he's going to lose, it's, it's on the scorecards. But a moment where you're like, wow, this could be it for John Jones? No, that doesn't happen. So, you know, great performance by Jan yesterday, getting himself a win over Corey Anderson, who maybe I, I think would have made for a better story with John because, you know, he's been he's been chirping a little bit, stuff like that. But, you know, for my money right now, the only fight to make a 205 is him versus Dom. And if he's not, go to heavyweight and fight for Stipe, fight Stipe for, this, for the heavyweight championship. Fight Stipe for the heavyweight championship. And I told you what, you know, me and, me and Seema talked about this last week. This is what I would like them to do. Um... There's a lot of ifs here, but this is this I think would make for the best storyline. All right, if you had an ideal case for John Jones. John goes up to heavyweight, tries to beat Steve Bay for the heavyweight championship of the world. Let's say he does. Huge. What I would do then is let's say the middleweight championship of the world happens. It's stylebender versus Yoel Romero. Now, look, I'm picking Yoel Romero. That's my guy. I'm not going to pick against him. But let's say he loses to Stylebender. Stylebender's very good. Stylebender wins that fight. I like to see Stylebender versus Diamond Aguirre for the vacant 205 championship, light heavyweight championship. Those guys fight for the belt, and John goes and tries to win the heavyweight championship of the world. Let's say he does. Then I would like to see if John can come back and fight one of those guys and win the light heavyweight championship against the clear cut next generation champ. That would be fun. Or just continue to reign in heavyweight. But if you're going to tell me the next big fight i think you can make it light heavyweight i think that that'd be the path i want to see them going uh some boxing from this weekend yeah caleb plant he got himself a win 10th round uh tko victory uh he got that one in his hometown he retained his ibf super middleweight championship called out uh bermuda's afterwards uh benavidez excuse me he called out david benavidez afterwards uh i would love to see that fight and it seems like an easy enough fight to make. They both are BBC guys. They're both young, so maybe you want to simmer it a little bit more. I get it. But, you know, I just think it does these guys a bevy of good when they fight each other as soon as possible and they make these huge competitive fights that were just like they're, they're building their own narrative. They don't need this buildup. They don't need anybody questioning their resume. You know, it wasn't that long ago. It was It was interesting. We were, we were seeing this week. Like, uh, Ryan Garcia got himself a win this week, right? Uh, and a, a, a gnarly, gnarly knockout over uh, Francisco Fonseca. Huge, huge shot. Put him down. Something nasty. Like I said, when I was talking about the bare knuckle thing where it's like you guys see guys get laid out, that's what Ryan Garcia did to Francisco Fonseca. It was brutal. So, Ryan Garcia is 21 years old. All right? Very good looking guy. All right? Golden Boys next. They think he's the heir apparent to Canelo Alvarez. You have uh, Oscar De La Hoya hopping around there. You know, super happy. But the question becomes with Ryan Garcia. Okay, when are we? This is a stacked division we got. Right at at one thirty five, you got Javante Davis out there, Devin Haney out there, Lomachenko out there, Teofimo Lopez is out there. All these, all these great fighters. Right, when are they gonna fight? And this is the thing that's becoming, you know, more and more frustrating with boxing. You know, people say, well, this is a golden age of boxing. This is a great time of boxing. And then I agree. I think that we look at this talent wise. I think these guys have built themselves up very, very well. I think that that we have a lot of guys out there who who have good audiences built into themselves. The social media following is is super strong with a lot of these guys. But I become frustrated as a fan where I'm like, okay. You could tell me why Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence aren't fighting. I get it, all right? They're in two different companies. But explain to me why two guys who fight under the DAZN banner can't fight. For example, why is Demetrius Andre not fighting any of these middleweight champions? Why does he have to go fight some Luke Keeler who's a who's a uh, a weight division small in him? Why does that have to happen? What is what, what are we doing here, you know? If we have all these stream platforms, and I'm telling you as a person now who um, I'm showing out a lot of money for the Zone and Showtime and uh, and and ESPN Plus and all these combat platforms that we got. What is a customer? How can you how can you rightfully say to me, we're gonna we're we're simmering this? It's like, well, what are, what are we doing here? What 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 is the whole point of doing all this? Where we have these fighters, they all say they want to fight. All right. They're ready to go at it. Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. They fought already. The amateurs. These guys want to go out and 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 make themselves a young classic. Go at it. What is this holding out for? What is that going to do? You think that it's going to make that much of a difference in their careers that one guy's undefeated and one guy has one loss because they fought? You know that's the one thing with Canelo. Like you always got to admire the the fact that at 21 years old, this guy went and stepped in the ring with Floyd Mayweather, got his ass schooled, embarrassed by Floyd Mayweather. All right? But did it matter? No. He became the biggest combat sports draw out there. Got a 300 million dollar contract from The Zone. Did that loss to Floyd Mayweather matter at all? No. Cuz he had the guts to go in there at a young age when he was biting off way more than he could chew and try and beat the best guy going of his era. How can you not respect that? So when I see things like, oh, Ryan Garcia, twenty-one years old, you know he, we, we got a little bit more before we're going to cook him in there with the, the Lomachenkos and the Javante Davises. Maybe in eighteen months, Javante Davis and Lomachenko, whoa, 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 whoa. huh? What are we talking about here? Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia. We need to. These guys need to make themselves classics now, all right? Or what, what do you want them fight until they're forty? Are you crazy? No, they should get while they're getting good now. Make classics. Make rivalries. Make fights that people want to see. Do what Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are doing. That's you want to know part of the reason why that fight was such a big deal. And those guys aren't young by any means. You know, but one of the reasons that fight registered so much with boxing fans and a lot of people was those guys finally decided let's put something on the line here. You know? The St. Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony Joshua thing. He's holding the belts hostages over in London. Never wants to come over here. Enough of this nonsense. Tyson Fury was a couple years off his layoff. A couple fights in in against a couple of scrubs. Deontay Water. He's looking for a big fight. He can't seem to get the negotiations going with Anthony Joshua. What does he do? Fights Tyson Fury. What do they do? They put forth one of the all-time classic heavyweight championship fights. One of the most iconic moments that we'll remember over the last dozen years. And... They're going to have a huge, huge pay-per-view coming up next week. It was worth it. It was worth it. You know, so many of these, these things, you, you know, you're trying to fight for Instagram fights and Vine fights. It's like Vine. Nobody does Vine anymore. TikTok fights, I guess they would be. But like, all right, great. You know, so I saw, I saw Ryan Garcia. He had an awesome knockout on Francisco Fonseca. I know this dude uh can put together some highlight knockouts. Now I want to see him do it against guys who are going to be his rivals. Let's see it. You think it's going to – I mean, you think this is going to affect these guys negatively? I don't. Only positive, only good things. You know, you had Canelo Alvarez. Think about this. Not too long ago, Canelo Alvarez was sitting in his waiting room, all right, looking like he was Netflix – watching Netflix, Stranger Things, I imagine. And he's watching two guys – Fighting an octagon with a combined 20 losses. Think about that. This guy had to wait for two guys who their entire careers had thrown it on the line in combat sports. In Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. A punch of losses between them. And here you are. You're Canelo Alvarez. The biggest thing in boxing. $300 million contract with the zone. And an entire arena is watching another sport. Because they're afraid to put you head-to-head with a UFC fight with two guys who have that many losses in their career. And you tell me what was more successful that night, and you tell me what registered with fans more and what they were talking about more that week. Because I can tell you on first take, no one was talking about Canelo Alvarez versus Sergey Kovalev. Nobody was. Uh, Nobody, nobody, if you're a, a fan of both, on this show, what do we care about more? We cared about more about Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. I don't even care that there was a local tie-in there with Jorge. I mean, it was just a more interesting fight. What do I care about Canelo Evers? Fighting Sergey Kovalev past his prime. Doesn't mean anything. This guy's had his DAZN contract now. Let's go. You know, his DAZN. They're sitting here. When are you going to fight Triple G again? When are you going to fight Demetrius Sandro? When are you going to fight these guys who, who are the tops of the tops? What are we doing here? Going and fighting at the, the, the light heavyweight division? Who cares? The risks are worth it, man. The worst, they're, they're worth it. It sticks with people. All right, everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. Stay dry out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, not all for President's Day. Me and Leroy will be in, so you guys will hear us 6 to 10 a.m. And if you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Radio.com. Subscribe on YouTube, all that good stuff. It's on the theticketmiami.com. You guys can hear all the, uh, you can hear all the passage of channels that way. And, yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow.